namely that antidepressants often do not do what they promise and are in fact causing harm to many. Uh, Dr. Steve Hoxie is suing over Obamacare's employer mandate. It's time for a wellness revolution. Brought to you by Hoetze Health and Wellness Center. Honest discussion on maintaining health and wellness naturally to enjoy a better quality of life. He's the doctor fighting to let you keep your doctor. Now, Dr. Stephen Hoetze. Welcome to Dr. Hoetze's Wellness Revolution. I'm Stacey Banfield here with Dr. Stephen Hoetze, founder of the Hoetze Health and Wellness Center. We have got such a great show today, but first, want to remind everybody, if you need a coach, if you need a health coach, and we all do, you can always call us at 281-698-8698 for a complimentary consultation. That's 281-698-8698. Also, you can find all of our podcasts online. All you have to do is go to hotzepodcast.com. That's H-O-T-Z-E podcast.com. Now, great program today. We have a author of finish. His name is John Acuff, and he is going to talk to us about goals. So we are so excited to have him on the program, aren't we, Dr. Hoetze? We sure are, and I just want to remind everybody, I believe that you and everybody out in the world needs a health coach. You need a doctor and a staff of professionals who'll coach you onto a path of health and wellness naturally without using pharmaceutical drugs. So as you mature, you feel enthusiastic, you're full of vim and vigor, you got some life, you got enthusiasm. And that's very important. And in order to do that, you have to do a 180 and take charge of your health. And that's difficult for a lot of people. And I think one of the main reasons is, is they're not willing to make that a priority or set that as a goal in their life until it's too late. Many of you all are traveling down the, the health highway on the wrong side of the street, and you're going to come to an overpass. There's going to be a vehicle coming the other direction, and you're going to end up having a head-on collision, which may cripple you for life, or it may kill you. What we want to encourage you to do is do a 180. Turn around, get on the right side of the health highway, and get going right. To do that, you've got to set some goals for yourself. You have to write down some goals. So we're pleased today to visit with our our podcast guest, John Acuff. And John is from Nashville, Tennessee. Sound of great country music. And we we just, by the way... um, John have here at our rodeo today, tonight. We got the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, which is the largest in the world. Everything's bigger in Texas, and this really is. Uh, and tonight, Garth Brooks is going to be on stage, I'm told. So I'm sure Garth has had a stint or two in Nashville in his time. So uh, we appreciate everything in Nashville. It's a beautiful city. And that's where John Acuff makes his, Acuff makes his home. Now, John is a very proliferative author. He's written five books. He's written Finish. Give yourself the gift of done. He wrote, do over. Make today the first day of your new career. He's also written Start. Punch fear in the face. Escape average and do work that matters. I like that title. He also wrote the book called Quitter. Close the gap between your day job and your dream job. And he has a Comic book, call, comical book, I should say. It's not a comic book, but it's a book, Stuff Christians Like. A hilarious look at the funny things that we do in the name of faith and church. So, John, we're pleased to have you on our program yes, today. And welcome, and thanks for joining us. By the way, he's the number one bestseller on New York Times, so his books really resonate. And he not only writes books for individuals like you and me, but he also has been 
brought on board on some major corporations, Microsoft, Home Depot, Bose, Staples, to help train their people to set tangible goals and to be successful. And if they're successful, if the people on your staff and in your business are successful in what they do, then inevitably the business is going to be a whole lot more successful. So, John, tell us, how did you get interested in goals to begin with? When did this all start for you? Well, I mean, I think it started fairly young, but I just, I've always felt like deliberate action caused change. Okay. Um, I think it's it's a lot easier to say you want to do something, um, but it's a lot harder to actually do it. And so I try to write a book that I, there's three parts to either writing a book or starting a business. You find something you're really curious about, you know, a question you want to try to answer for years. Then you find a missing, like, is it is it needed in the marketplace or people asking for it and then is it currently absent from the marketplace so i wrote start a few years ago and people came up to me and said hey i like your book no offense i've never had a problem starting i can start a million things i bought a treadmill it's where i hang my clothes to dry in the garage now but they said how do i finish what does a finish look like and i i was curious about that in my own life and then i went on amazon if you if you type in finish all that comes up is a dishwasher detergent (laughs) And so I thought, wow, we as a culture, and you know this, you see this with health all the time, we over-celebrate the beginning and ignore all the stuff in the middle and the difficult end. So we say terrible inspirational things like, well, begun is half done. And, you know, if a doctor ever said to you, as soon as you make the first incision, I'm halfway done with your surgery, you'd say, what kind, like, where did you get your degree? And so I felt like it was this perfect combination of something I was passionate about, Something people needed and something that was missing. Well, tell us about that. What happened in your own personal life that made you feel like this was something that would resonate in the lives of other people? Well, I mean, I think personally, so on the health front, um, I'm like a lot of people probably that I'm 42. So my metabolism feels like it's gone into the the drain. You know, like at 27, if I thought about working out, I got in better shape. Now it feels like, if it used to take me a month of jogging to get back in shape, now it takes three months. So I'm like everybody else. You know, you add two pounds a year. You do that for 10 years, you're 20 pounds overweight. Right. So I had some weight I wanted to lose. Um, I also looked at my bookshelf one day and realized, wow, I've only read 10% of the books I own. Like I have the habit of buying books and then maybe even recommending them, but I still haven't read them. And that's crazy. And um, I've got kids, too. I've got two teenage daughters that I want them to understand, here's the value of goals. So I felt like on every front in my own personal life was the desire to get back to the things I started. So tell us about the book Finish. Tell us the main theme that you have in the book Finish and how that can help individuals set goals and achieve those goals. What do you find is the biggest difficulty people have? You know, a lot of people set goals. I don't know how many people really write down goals. I'm of the personal opinion. If you don't write down a goal, it's just wishful thinking or a dream. And a lot of, Sure. I, yeah, I agree with that. I think that one of the big silent killers of goals um, is perfectionism. Um, there's a lot of people that, unless it can be done perfectly, won't do it. And I always tell people, your friend with the messiest car or the messiest office is often a perfectionist. And that surprises people. They go, but aren't they type A? They are, but unless they can clean their car with a toothbrush, they won't even start. Like a sign of a perfectionist is, I'd rather get a zero than a C minus. 
if I can't, you know, if I, if my goal is to run five miles every day and I only have time for three today, I just won't do any. And you want to go, you know, three is way more than zero. And so I think one of the big things is perfectionism on every front. I've seen artists who, you know, there's an artist in the book finish who shredded dozens of paintings right before she shared them with people because they weren't perfect. There's a woman who bombed her last test for her, for her graduate degree because she was afraid it wouldn't be perfect. And so I think that perfectionism is a big one. I'd say the second one um, is often chasing the wrong goal. Like, let's use health as an example. You and I both meet people that'll go, I'm going to get in shape. And I'll go, how? And they'll say, I'm going to run a marathon. And I go, well, have you, like, have you ever done a half marathon or a 10K or a 5K, even just a K? Have you ever done a single K? And people go, no, I saw a commercial for a bike, so I'm going to buy a $3,000 bike, and I'm going to go to Kona, I'm going to do the Ironman. And the problem is we make our goals when our motivation is the highest, so we think the goal should be that high too. And you and I both know motivation is one of the flightiest, most fragile things in the world. And it, it'll dissipate, and then all of a sudden you're left exposed with this massive goal and no drive, and you end up not doing it. Well, along that line, oftentimes, and let's talk about this, the need for a coach. Now, you. Oh, I, sure. I read, I read where you said that at one time you went out and wanted to get in shape. You got yourself a coach and started doing a bunch of exercises and we're going to lose weight. And then something happened and it just, you found yourself, you tried all kinds of diets and, and nothing seemed to work out. Tell us about that. And what, yeah, I, and what you think. I can't speak. Yeah. I, I just I can't speak high enough for the value of a coach. Um, it's funny we understand that kids need them, but then I think we think that adults don't. Like you leave high school and you go, okay, my days I need to be coached are over. And I would say we, you know, having a health coach, having a business coach, having a financial coach, having a marriage coach. Um, I think that ad as adults we're afraid to admit we have weaknesses, and then we don't admit that we need help from other people. But the times I've grown the fastest and gone the furthest have been when I've said, hey, you're 10 years ahead of me as a coach. How do I get where you are and how do I make it faster than 10 years? And they go, hey, when I was your age, I thought these three things mattered. They didn't. These other two did. Like, learn from my experience. And so, I, yeah, I can't speak highly enough of a coach. Um, you know, it's why I work with a financial coach right, right now. Um, you know, there's just a bunch of things in my life where I've tried to do it alone and it doesn't go well. Well, that reminds me of Mackie who wrote Swimming with the Sharks. Mm. What, what's his first name? Jim Mackie. Is, you know that? You, you from, is it Bill Mackie? Bill. I don't know. It's Jill or it's Jim or Bill. Yeah. Anyway, Mackie wrote the book Swimming with the Sharks and he's a very successful businessman and he made his money selling envelopes of all things now you think like how can you become very successful and very wealthy selling envelopes he had an envelope company and did very well in that he was a wonderful salesperson but he said that he had a coach for every area of his life he had a speaking coach he had a golf coach pro he had a writing coach he had a, a workout coach every area a sales coach and he was a great salesman Everything that he did, he had a coach because he said, you know, if the best people in the world, you know, the best golfers in the world, the best football players in the world, the best tennis players in the world, all have coaches to help them get to the next level. A coach doesn't have to be even as successful as you are, but they, they live outside the picture. 
I like to say this, John, most of us live inside the picture frame, so we don't really see what needs to be done. And they see sure. the picture and they say, here's what you could do to improve on the, that picture, which is improve on your performance. So this is very important point that when you're setting goals for yourself, it's always important to team up with somebody, whether you pay a coach to do that, or even if you have a partner with whom you do that, a workout partner, a, uh, a sales partner, something, you have somebody that's there holding you accountable that, and you're holding them accountable so you can do it together. It says in the Bible, two are better than one. They have a better return for their labor. That's great advice, and it's Harvey McKay, I believe, Harvey that McKay, is the right. author of Swimming with the Sharks. Sure. Oh, you're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Bill was a pretty, I mean, it's a pretty common, it's a pretty common name for a man, you know? Harvey, there's like four guess. Harveys. <laughs> well, well. so anyway, let's go back on this. So in, in a, in, when a person sets a goal, tell us about the different levels of goals that you recommend people set and how that impacts their future ability to achieve higher levels of performance. Yeah, so I, you know, the myth is that if you say dream, you know, start small, you mean go big never. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I, If your goal is to make a million dollars in sales, awesome. If your goal is to write a book, awesome. I would just rather you start with writing a chapter versus writing a book. Like, writing a book is a lot all at once. And we're so impatient. So here's what I mean. We'll spend 10 years to get into credit card debt, and then we'll be like, I got to pay it off all in these three months. And you go, well, you gave yourself a decade to do it, and now you're going to undo it in three months? Like, be kinder to yourself. So I think a big part of it is saying, here's the big thing I want, but here's the, you know, the space where I can actually work on it. Here's, you know, I've, I've seen goal-setting books that say, never use the R world, real, the R word, realistic. It's such a negative word. I don't think that's negative. Um, I, I just see so many, especially busy moms who feel this overwhelming sense of shame because they think they have to do it all. Um, and then they get stuck with comparison and there's all these kind of emotional traps where I'd much rather you say, figure out what your big goal is. I want to lose 50 pounds. Now let's talk about this spring. What does that look like in this spring and how does it build? Because what happens, and we tested this, the finish came about, I commissioned a study with a PhD from the University of Memphis because my space, like self-help kind of motivational books, are full of entrepreneur, guru, fake, shiny teeth people that are just selling terrible things. And so I wanted to have real science behind my, my advice. And so we, we had a theory that say somebody wants to lose 10 pounds and they only lose eight. They don't feel like they almost got there. They feel like they failed by two and they give up. People tend to judge themselves on a pass-fail basis. So I said, if you cut your goal in half and made it five pounds and then still lost the same eight, same exact eight pounds, but you won by three, you'll try again. I care more about your February than I do your January. I care more about your March than I do your February. I, my goal is to get you to keep going on the goal. In the same way that if somebody said, we want you to coach us, you wouldn't say, great, we're going to do a really intense month and then good luck. You would say, no, let's talk about changing your lifestyle over a period of time. I think that's a big first step in, in coming up with a goal. Especially when it's a, going to be a lifestyle. Yeah, it's not that. a one and done. Like mm -hmm. you're trying to change the way somebody lives every day. That that should take time and it should take interaction. Well, this, this brings up a really good point about the concept of adopting a lifestyle of success, whether it be success in writing, 
speaking, public speaking, running a business, uh, keeping in good health, having a good marriage, having a good family life, having a good spiritual life. All this takes, it's a lifestyle. So what you have to do is most people approach goals like a diet. I'm going to set a goal. I'm going to go out and get in shape. Or I'm going to write a book, as you said. Or I'm going to learn how to speak. Or I'm going to learn how to play the piano. And they think they want to be like Mozart or like Bach. You know, it's in a few lessons and they rapidly give up because they haven't viewed it as a lifestyle. And a lifestyle is a, if you're in, if you're in bad shape health-wise, John, mm-hmm. if somebody's in bad shape health-wise and they come in, they didn't get in poor health overnight. Nope. You know, somebody's not out of shape overnight. Somebody it doesn't get, as you mentioned, financially in a, unstable financial condition overnight, routinely. It happens over time by making bad choices over time. So we like to tell our guests here at the OCL and Wellness here, I, I say, look, you didn't get this way overnight. It's been five years in the making or 10 years in the making. That's right. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's yep. going to be gradual and steady improvement, usually over the first three to six months. I like to tell them, look, we're the coach. You're the athlete. Want you to be in the Health Olympics, win a gold medal. And we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to give you support, all the support we can. But somebody's got to do the heavy lifting, and you've got to do it. But we're here to support you to do that. So that's very important. Whenever you consider adopting goals for your life, it isn't a one and done, as John had said. You just go, I'm going to set this goal. I'm going to lose, you know, I've gained 100 pounds in 10 years. Now I'm going to lose it in a year. I'm going to lose it in six months. Well, you're not going to do that. I don't think you could do that if you went on a strict fast. For six mm-hmm. months, I don't think you could do that. You know, if we kept you alive, but I don't think you could do it. It can't be done. You've got to understand it's gradual. You know, when you make a change in your life, once you write down your goal, this is what, let me share with you what I learned from Zig Ziglar and what I learned from his son. When we went to meet with him and he was off, and so we met with his son, and his son said, Tom, this is Tom uh, Ziglar, and Tom said to me, he said, tell me what you do when you write, well, what's your process on goals? And we said, well, we write out our goal. You write out the goal. Okay, then what do you do? Well, we write out the plan. He said, no, it's not the way dad teaches. You don't write out a plan. After you write out your goal, you write out the benefits of achieving the goal. What's going to be the benefits of you regaining your health? Okay, well, all of a sudden you're going you're gonna to not have recurring chronic headaches. You're not going to have brain fog. You're not going to be fatigued all the time. Your weight's going to be good. You're going to enjoy your work. You're going to enjoy your family, you're going to enjoy your spouse, you're going to enjoy your recreation, you're going to enjoy life. You're going to be alive again if you get your health back. What if you're financially unstable? What are the benefits of of, uh, of getting to a cash-based practice where you're out of debt like uh, Dave Ramsey talks about? What are the benefits of that? Well, guess what? Then you've got money to spend when you need it. You don't have to go and borrow money. You don't have that debt hanging over your head where you can't do things that need to be done. You can't you know, tithe the way you may want to tithe or you should be tithing and you can't support your family, can't put your kids in college because you've got this huge debt that's like a noose around your neck. And we can talk about any area of life in your business. What if you have a business and you're running a business and you want to have a very successful business? You say, I'd like this to be a $1 million or $5 million or $10 million business. Well, to do that, you've got to have, what are the benefits of that? Well, you'll be employing a lot more people. You'll be giving people jobs. You'll be providing products and services to people and helping them obtain what they want, and that's a better quality of life. Plus, 
in doing that, as you help these other people, your customers become successful and your staff become successful, well, guess what? Inevitably, if you help other people come, become successful, what happens? You become successful. That means you're going to have more time, more money, and more freedom to enjoy your life, and you're going to be doing it because you served and provided others. I, my coach says, uh, John, he says, whenever problems are solved, money changes hands. And so the goal is to help people solve them, whether they want a new suit and you're a clothes salesman, whether they want a new car and you're at a car dealership, whether they want a new air conditioning unit because it went out, whether they want their health back, whatever goods and service you're providing, somebody wants those goods and services, and you want to provide the best quality you possibly can in doing that and the best and most extraordinary service you can. If you do that, guess what? Then you're going to be successful, and the benefits are going to be you're going to have more time, more money, and more freedom to enjoy your life. So you write down the benefits second. The third thing you do is you say, what do I need to know to achieve this goal? What are some of the, what books do I need to read? How am I going to learn about doing this? The fourth thing you need to ask, and then you say, who can I go to to learn? Maybe I can read John Acoff's book on mm -hmm. learning how to finish. Yes. Or, or any one of his other books uh, to learn his principles in adopting that. Maybe I can let John teach me. Maybe I can go online to his teaching program. Or I can get myself a, a business consultant or a business coach that can come in and help me plan things out. I can set up system and procedures. You've got to learn that, who you need to know and what you need to know. And then you've got to think about what are the obstacles? What are the obstacles that you're going to face? And remember, obstacles are just red meat. They're red meat that enable you to achieve your goal. You turn them over. So if you're blocked in the middle of a road, you've got to find a way. And there's a wall there. You've got to find a way over, around, or under that wall to get through that obstacle, and you've got to you've got to figure out what those obstacles are going to be ahead of time, and then then what you do is you're ready for them when you hit, and then you write down your plan. What's what am I going to need to do? Well, I'm going to have to take John Acuff's book, finish, and I'm going to have to read it. I'll read a chapter a night for the next two weeks, and I'm going to read that book, and I'm going to underline key principles or write down key principles he teaches me in that book. Or I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to have my health coach. Tell me what I need to do, what exercises I need to do. I'm going to start off slow, and I'm going to gradually build, and I'm going to do this over and put a deadline on when you want to achieve this goal and break it down into little incremental in increments, you know, one-month increments, three-month increments, six-month increments. Where do I want to be? And you measure that. And as John has, has mentioned, make it a realistic goal that you can achieve and maybe overachieve rather than setting a goal too high and you don't achieve it and you've done 80% of the work, but you feel like you're a failure because you didn't get to 100%. And then finally, the last and most important thing, once you write out your plan, the most important thing you can do is take immediate action on your plan. And that means pick up a phone, call somebody, say, you know, I need to talk, I need, I need to get John Acoff's book. You call up Amazon and you, you, or you Google Amazon and you order the book. Boom, you've taken action. And what I've been, what have been taught by the great goal setters that I've listened to, particularly Zig Ziglar, he's just a favorite of mine. There's some other greats, but he set a standard. I think that's wonderful. He said, if you will take action towards your goal, you'll find out that goal, that goal will begin coming towards you in the most extraordinary ways where you don't even imagine it. So you, got, you have to write down your goal. That's important to write it down or type it out at least. Second thing you have to do is write out the benefits, write out what you need to know, who you need to know, what are the obstacles in your goal or achieving your goals. 
write out the plan, and then take action. And action creates momentum. It creates energy that enables you to achieve your goals. And this is what we have practiced at the Hotel Health and Wellness Center, what we encourage our guests to practice. And John encourages this, but he gives a simplified way that, you know, many people that set goals are type A personalities. They're overachievers, right, John? Totally. They're all overachievers, so they go like, well, you know what? I'm going to take my business, and I'm going to make it a $50 million business in the next two years. Well, you know, that's not realistic. What if you just, what if you went from one to two million, or one million to 100, one million to one million and a half? What if you gradually grew that business, and over time, you know, my dad used to say this. He said, son, don't go into business. Grow into business. And so when we started the Hotel Health and Wellness Center years ago, the president and me were, there were three of us on staff, and she was, she was at the front desk at that time. She's now president of our company 27 years later, and now we have about 80 full-time and 20 part-time people on staff. And that didn't happen overnight. Mm-mm. And, John, you would probably agree with this. It takes about 25 or 30 years of hard work to be an overnight success. <laughs> that, is, that is very true. So uh, these are some ideas on gold. John, uh, tell us where, they can go, where, where, our, where our listeners can go to look at your website. And do you have some videos on there? And do you have some? Sure, yeah. I've got, I'm, I'm probably like you. I've got a, a lot of bit of stuff everywhere. Um, so acuff.me, it's just acuff.me. Um, is my website, and then Amazon, as as we mentioned, um, and then Twitter. I'm just John J O N A Cuff, um, and then you know LinkedIn. I'm on. It's, if there's a new one, I try it out and see if it works for me. So yeah, you can. There's certainly a bunch of videos, and then I have a podcast. Um, if you search John A Cuff in iTunes, you'll you'll find my podcast. Good. That's great. So l- listen, John has been very successful in in setting a standard for people to be able to achieve their goals in a reasonable fashion. And that's what you want to be able to do. You want to realize that goal setting isn't a once and done experience. You just don't set a goal and try to achieve it in a month. You realize that you're going to make a lifestyle change. So guess where that starts? The lifestyle change starts right between your ears, one ear and the other. It starts in your brain that you've got to make a change. Intentionally, you've got to choose to get yourself on a pathway of success, no matter what you're doing, whether it's in business, family life, church life, uh, health, uh, physical, uh, your, your physical uh, appearance, whether it's in your clothes, whatever it is, sales, you've got to set it in your mind that you are intentionally going to make a change and you're going to adopt a new lifestyle. Now, I happen to believe that all this is possible as we call upon God to give us help. I think you can't do it independently. It's hard to do it independently. It's important for you to have, and we encourage, develop a good relationship. Read the Bible for crying out loud every day. You know, one thing we're ignorant in, the, in, the, in America is reading the Bible. And just just as an off note, John, I, uh, I'm do, I did something a little bit different. How many years have I said, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year? Okay, I don't know if you've ever done that, John, or not. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, it took I'm gonna me two I'm gonna years. Read, I'm going to read through it in a year. So you got a little program, you got a church, you know, check these and, you know, you get started for a month then you miss. And the next thing you know, the year's gone and you didn't read through the Bible. Okay. <laughs> All the next year they pass the same thing out. I've gone through that. Well, now this is really strange. This is going to be kind of 180 degrees different than what you have said. So uh, my son-in-law had a program of read through the Bible in 90 days. And I've heard about this I've, over the last couple of years. I've known some people who do that. And he invited me to do that 
last summer, and I said, no, I'm just not going to be able to do it. I'm too busy. I'm just not going to be able to do that. Well, first of the year came, and I said, you know what? I can't read through it in a year. I've already proven I can't do that. Maybe if I just buckle down and say, I'm going to do this in 90 days, by gum, by golly, I'm just going to do it. And I have a U version, which is a uh, uh, app you can get that, that will read it for you. You can read it in one time speed, one and a half time speed, or two speed and read along. And you know what? I am already through, I'm into Jeremiah, and I started on the first of the year, so I'm on track to have read through it in 90 days. Now, you'd say that's a huge goal, and you'd expect to collapse on it. But for some reason, and I don't know, maybe you can explain this, John, it's kind of, it's, it's counterintuitive that I made it harder for myself, and I just said, I can do it 90 days because I got. I usually I usually peter out after 90 days. <laughs> Are you <laughs> listening to it or reading it? I, I uh, read along as I listen. I read along gotcha. as I listen, and then, but if I'm in the car traveling, I just pop it on and listen. Sure. So well, I mean, I think a big part of that is I think you're, you've given yourself some flexibility. A lot of people create these really rigid rules where I can only work out if I go to this class on this day, like a walk around the neighborhood doesn't count, you know, all these fun things don't count. So I think a big part of it is you're using a tool. Um, you're encouraged by your son-in-law. Um, who did and it? You've got, who did it? Yeah, <laughs> who did it. it, right? Like, you know, it's possible. So I think that makes a big difference. So anyway, and, and, and so I think really it's his encouragement and by sure. his example that, Said, I wouldn't have done this independently, except, you know, he had asked me to do it, and I kind of backed out on it. And he got a good friend of mine to join him, and they did it in 90 days, two of these guys. I went like, you got to be kidding me. And, I, and me, <laughs> I, I didn't do it. I don't really think it's that important that I'm going to do it. So instead of doing that, I've got, you know, we've all got 24 hours in a day, and we're going to use it doing something. Yep. And so I think probably the country would be better off if we're a whole lot, whole lot more biblically literate. Let me mention one other thing to you in closing that you might find humorous. So I uh, worked out very heavily with weights when I was in high school. And I was a quarterback on a football team, weighed 167 pounds, worked out, got myself in great shape, ran. I was as good a shape as anybody on the football team. That carried me through my life, you know, and got into med school and started running some, hated running. In fact, I can't, I just hate to run. I just don't like it. I can't stand it. I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot <laughs> just of some people, I have people that I know that love. My daughter runs five or six miles a day. My president runs five or six miles a day. I'm going like, I don't get it. But anyway, they do it. So I started when I was 58. I'm 67. Now. I started when I was 58. I said, I'm going to go back and lift weights, which I've done periodically. I have weights in my garage. And so I lifted weights, you know, for about two years. And frankly, I bulked up pretty well. And then I had an old high school injury in my shoulder, and I started, of course, it wasn't good enough just to lift regular weights. I had to really push it, and I blew out my right shoulder. Okay, so I blew out the shoulder, and I just didn't work out for two more years. I just couldn't do it. And then when I went back and tried, I could feel it in my shoulder. I said, I can't do that. And somebody I read, somebody said, well, you know, push-ups are good for you. And I said, well... (laughs) Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> push-ups are good. Okay. So I, I Google push-ups and the benefits of push-ups and how to do the various oh, push-ups gosh. and all this. So I started off doing, you know, I do 25 and then I do 25 twice a day and 25 four times a day. And then I get up to 100 push-ups. You got encouraged. So you and kept then, going. And then, then uh. I kept going. I went to 200 push-ups a day. And then that I, wasn't enough. Then I realized, I realized that. You know, it's like lifting weights. You ought to have a day off. So just do it every other day because you're, you've got to give your muscles a chance sure. to heal. So 
I got up where I was doing 750 push-ups a day, you know, and I'm just dropping down in my office doing 25 or 50 push-ups, <laughs> boom, boom, Crazy. okay? So, like, <laughs> so my pastor goes like, Hootsie, I think you're doing too many push You look good, but you're doing a lot of push-ups. I think you carried this a little bit too far. So I go off and my wife, we have, I take her on a birthday trip. We're at Sea Island, and I hit 800 push-ups. I start in the morning. I'm, I'm up to about 800 at 10 o'clock or 11. I said, you know what? I could... I could hit a thousand. It could happen. I could hit a thousand today. <laughs> Crazy. So Crazy. anyway, I get up to nine fifty, and I'm doing good. I said, I just got to push fifty more. That's all I got. So I go down, and at about nine sixty or nine sixty-five, that right shoulder just blew out. It oh. blew out again, <laughs> and I have. So it's taken me about two years to get back, and I've started on push-ups. You know, thirty-six twice a day. I do maybe seventy a day. But anyway, that's where. A type A personality like myself. Push it to I the limit. It. Yeah. So, yep. I, so sometimes my point of this is that uh, when you adopt certain lifestyles, you know, <laughs> when you start being successful, you kind of want to push yourself. If you're type yep. A, you go like, you know, you know, if I can do 500 a day, I can do a thousand a day, and I'll just start doing it. Well, the next thing Crazy. you know, you know, you you push yourself too hard, and you don't need to do that. You need to be reasonable, and I think that's what John's talking about. In your goal setting, you need to be reasonable so that you can achieve your your success and be on a pathway of success and maintain that success. So it can be a lifestyle, and you won't be down for two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's more of a, a lifestyle than an event. So, yes. I mean, a, events rarely change us. Lifestyles have long-lasting changes. Well, we're pleased to have you, John, on the program today. It was a great program, and we appreciate the work that you've done and the thinking that you've done, and really the discipline. This is really key. The discipline. John just didn't have ideas about this. He heard the ideas, and he developed a plan. He wrote out a goal, and he knew what the benefits were going to be. He knew what the obstacles were going to be. He overcame those obstacles. He knew what he had to He learned what he had to learn. He wrote down his plan of action, and he took action. And guess what? He's written five books. He's been on the bestseller list in uh, on new york times now not to say that's the greatest paper in the world i'm not endorsing the new york times but it's pretty good when you make the new york Times bestseller list especially sharing the philosophy a business philosophy that john has so that's kudos to you john on that congrats congratulations on your success man i'm proud of you for that so well, if you, thanks if you want to learn more about how to get yourself on a successful goal planning regimen let me recommend that you go to john acuff uh, on Amazon, look at his books. That's A C U F, a cuff, like a cuff and a pair of pants. I got a cuff, a cuff. Well, you go look at that, and you can get at his books. He's got finish, do over, start, quitter, uh, and stuff Christians like, which I'm kind of interested in reading that. <laughs> yes, that's an intriguing yeah. title. Yeah, that one's funny. That's, I mean, there's not a lot of funny Christian books, so that that's pretty rare. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate you being here with us, and we wish you every success in life. Yeah, thanks yes, for having me. Thank you, me. John. Y'all have a good rest of your day. Okay. So like Dr. Hotze said, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can be a choice, and all it takes really is to act. Just pick up the phone. One of the things you can do is, like Dr. Hotze said, you could go to Amazon, pick up one of John's books. Uh, you can also give us a call here at the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center. We would love to give you a complimentary consultation. We know that a lot of you out there are struggling with your health. We'd love to be able to offer that service to you. All you have to do is act and call 281-698-8698. That's 281-698-8698. Thanks so much for joining us here today at Dr. Hotsey's Wellness Revolution.
information provided on this radio program is neither intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice and is not intended to replace the services of a physician, nor does it constitute a doctor-patient relationship. You should not use information from this radio program to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without consulting with a qualified health care provider. If you have or suspect you have an urgent medical problem, promptly contact a professional health care provider or call 911. Dr. Hotze's Wellness Revolution radio program advises you to always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider prior to starting any new treatment or with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Any application of the recommendations from this radio program is at the listener's discretion.